Good morning, everyone. My name is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you are new around here, or maybe this is your first time back in 2023, Happy New Year, everyone. So glad that you're here this morning. And I hope you had a great New Year. Kathy and I had a riot together. We went up to a, a family condo and spent New Year's with our two married children. So we, we have two kids that are married off now. And so now we've moved our prayers, big faith. We're just praying for like 14 grandkids out of those two children. I mean, it's going to be a lot, but we're just praying. And uh, no, really, we are just thrilled. And we had this moment, and then we'll get into the message, but we had this moment where the two of us were walking behind our children, and they were holding hands with their spouses and went, wow, this is a, a new place in life and a new phase, and it was really a beautiful thing. So just uh, grateful to be with you and grateful to God for the family that we have as well. I'm going to start with a question. We're in the book of Genesis this morning, and for a while, 39 months, we're going to be in this. But I'm going to start somewhere else, and it's going to take us a while to get to Genesis, but then we'll be in it together for a season. And I want to start with this, just a word, and the word is Yellowstone. When you hear the word Yellowstone, where does your mind go? Like a lot of us in this room, our mind goes to a national park, and we go there because we've been there, and we see, uh, maybe even in your mind's eye, you can see some of the things that you did, maybe with your family. Others of us, we go to a program, a pretty hot program that's in the United States right now. And whether you like that program or not, or whether you approve of that program or not, whether you've seen it or not, whether you wish they would change the language in it a little or a lot, you know, like wherever you're at with that, uh, I like to pay attention to what's really hot in our culture, regardless of what it is, to study it and to look at it and to pay attention to it. And in this case... This one's hot, and it's brought, brought the West into the family rooms, the TV rooms of a lot of people across the United States. And it's a story that's kind of set here and now, and then they came out with a couple other series alongside of it. I think one's just released right now, but it was 1883 and 1923, and 1883 is set way back there, and 1923 is back there too, and... In this case, it's what we would call maybe a prequel, but they chase the family tree, if you will. Or even better, they chase the family story. And in watching these, you begin to understand that. And you're sitting here, if you haven't even heard of the Yellowstone thing, going, I don't know anything about it. Well, maybe you know about Star Wars. Star Wars. Because in 1977, our minds were blown those of us that lived in that area, and we went to the movie theater, and for us that lived in this region, it was Studio 28 in Wyoming, and we went to the movie theater and watched this this program, and it was like, are you kidding me? Coming out thinking lightsabers and Chewbacca and this incredible stuff. And, and, and then it was only a few years later, in 1980, that they come out with The Empire Strikes Back, and we're going, whoa. It's not a one-hit show like every other one. There's something else going on here. And then the return of the Jedi in 83, like boom, and suddenly you're going, George Lucas and and Spielberg, these guys are on fire, on fire for what they're putting out. And they captured America. But then in 1999, remember what happened? They put out episode one, and we're all like, 
wait. I saw episode one back in 1977, and it's 22 years later, and you're putting out episode one? And I know for me, and maybe I'm just a little slow on the uptake with some language, but I heard this word prequel, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I finally figured out what a sequel was, but now we have a prequel, and and then we watch this one, and those of you that are far more Star Wars junkie than I, watching episode one and episode two and episode three made you watch episode four again with a new lens. Because where the story begins matters. 1883, 1923, chasing not the family tree, but chasing the family story where the story begins matters. And Star Wars 1977, episode 4, 1999, episode 1, the story where the story begins, begins to shed light on it in a different way where the story begins actually matters. So let's play with that for a little bit here this morning because in the year 2022, we too started somewhere as a people, as a people called Fairhaven together. And it launched right here on a Sunday morning when we talked about chasing hard, being a people who chase hard after the words and the ways of Jesus. And on that very Sunday morning, I invited you as a congregation as we were going to launch a series in the Gospel of Matthew for us to not just enter into a Bible and read the words of the Scripture and to encounter the words of the Scripture, but to allow the words of Matthew to encounter us, to allow God to begin to speak to us and to check everything in our living, in your living, in my living, in our corporate life together, that we would check ourselves according to the words and the ways of Jesus. And if we found something that Jesus was doing that we aren't, or behaviors that Jesus had that somehow left the church, that we had to adapt and we had to grow and we would learn. And then I asked you to pray for us, to pray for us, who would preach this gospel, this good news about Jesus that we would rightly hear and then rightly live and be like Jesus in this world, loving those who actually would even be our enemies to just let love saturate us all the way through. And I will say that at the end of a year of preaching through the Gospel of Matthew, I have never, I mean unequivocally, I have never had more people respond to me. I spoke with Jeremy as well. He said the same thing is true of him. Never have we had more people that it expressed more times that you have been praying for us through this season that we might preach with boldness and that we as a corporate people might receive God's beautiful word with conviction to change us. And so this is my chance to say thank you. Thank you for a year. Thank you for your investment in us. Thank you for your prayers. I heard it once said, if you want a better preacher, pray for the one you have. Pray for the ones you have. And I just want to say thank you for, for praying for us. And I also want to say this, that to me, and I'm not the only one that said this because I've heard it from so many of you, to me this last year was bigger than I expected. It was more than what we anticipated. 
And it feels to me like there was a great reset for Fairhaven Church. I don't know if that's the right word. Or maybe it's a, a, a renewal in Fairhaven Church. And that's us and us people. That there was a, a move of God's Spirit among us over this past year as we've been allowing God to speak into us in that way. That is, I don't know the word. Maybe it's revival. I don't know. But all I know is that I just praise God for what He's been doing. I praise God for the stories that I've been hearing from young and old as we have been living this out together. So I'm grateful to launch again something fresh and something new this morning as we dive into the book of Genesis. But before we get there, I want to remind us, we were only in one gospel. It's the gospel of Matthew. And there are four gospels. Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Every one of them, all of them, wrote this story about Jesus from their own angle. Eyewitnesses into the ways and the words of Jesus. And they recorded it so that the world could see that when God visited, if you really want to know what God is like, let me show you Jesus. He was amazing how He lived and how He loved and how he served. Each one of them wrote an account. And if, and I believe this is true, that if where the story begins matters, where the story begins matters, then where did Matthew begin his story about Jesus? Where did Mark begin his story about Jesus? Where did Luke begin his story about Jesus? And where, where did John begin his story about Jesus? I just want to bring you back to Matthew because Matthew, in the beginning of telling his story about Jesus, Matthew tried to anchor us in, in something that he knew would be really important for anybody that dealt in Judaism, anybody that was steeped in the ways of God according to Judaism, because there was this teaching that came out of Judaism, out of the prophets, that said that there would be a Messiah that entered this world, a Savior of the world. And that Savior would have direct lineage to David. And so, actually, Matthew went farther back than that. He took it from David all the way back to Abraham, anchoring it in the very... First book of the Bible, chapter 11, talks about Abraham from, for the first time and from Abraham all the way up to David. And then he spoke these words from David to Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amon, Amon the father of Josiah, and Josiah was the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to the Babylon. After the exile to the Babylon, Jeconiah, and if you guys remember when I read this about a year ago, I said I would never read this in the public again, but I'm doing it. So Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. 
Zerubbabel, the father of Abuhid. Abuhid was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. And Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Elihud. And Elihud, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar, the father of Matan. Matan, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of, we're getting there. Here we are. Joseph. And he was the husband of Mary. And Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Oh, yeah. Matthew knew if there's any chance, if there's any chance of this good news about this one who came into the world that I walked with, that I watched interact with people, that I watched received people that others wouldn't, that I watched love every person he encountered with such grace and such power. If there's any chance that people will receive the good news, I have to start here because where the story begins matters. I'm going all the way back so they know that there is a direct line from David all the way to Jesus. And where the story begins, it matters. And what about Mark? I mean, Mark, he, he began in a little bit different place because, well, some would say Mark kind of didn't have a beginning. He just kind of took off with Jesus' ministry because you don't even find the birth story in his gospel. I don't know if you knew that. But the birth of Jesus isn't even recorded in the story. And some would say he just jumped in head first into the three years of Jesus' public ministry with his miracles and his wonders and his love and his power that he explained, displayed before people. But that is to miss, actually, the opening words because, again, the beginning of the story matters. Where the story begins matters. And his story actually begins like this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Okay, what is it, Mark? As it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Oh, he's going back too. How far? I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. So what what does Mark do for us? He actually doesn't go back on Jesus' story, but he goes back on John the Baptist's story and anchors John the Baptist to the prophet Isaiah, saying the coming Messiah to the world is going to be preceded. There will be one that goes before him to prepare the way. And what did John the Baptist do? Prepared the way. What was John the Baptist preaching? Repentance coming to. And what was John the Baptist saying? He was saying, there's one that's coming after me that I, I am unworthy to untie the sandals of this one. He was referring to Jesus that was coming. So, so Mark is saying the beginning of the story matters. The beginning of the story matters. Where the story begins matters. I'm going to take you back to the prophet Isaiah and build this story straight into the wonder that was Jesus here on earth. And then Luke. Luke, we know Luke's story. And Luke, Luke starts the story at the birth of Jesus. 
He starts it with this beautiful painting, if you will, in your mind's eye of all the angels that were singing their choruses in heaven and shepherds that are in the field. And you can almost hear the cat, I mean the sheep that are out in the field and a star in the sky and a manger and Mary and Joseph. And where he starts his story, and this is where he started because, again, the beginning of a story matters. Where you begin the story matters. He starts the story about 2,000 years ago, a little more. He starts it in location in places like Nazareth and Bethlehem. And he starts it very earthy. Very earthy. So here's the question for us. If we had a chance to ask Jesus... Like to really sit with Jesus and to ask him, what about you? Where do you start your story? I, I don't doubt many of us were really, really grateful for our grandparents. And I happen to belong to that crew. All four of my grandparents love them all. I'm thinking in particular of my Grandpa Vandermeer today that my Grandpa Vandermeer and I were close. We used to fish together and we would hunt together. And I learned to love the things that Grandpa loved. And we have a long line of construction workers that are Vandermeers. My great-grandfather had Vandermeer and Sons. And then my Grandpa and his brother were Vandermeer and Sons with my dad who was Vandermeer and Sons. And and, uh, we broke the chain after that because all of us went into different professions. But we always loved putting our hands to hammers and putting our our minds to craftsmanship. And my grandpa, uh, in particular, Grandpa Vandermeer, wasn't just a builder. He was a craftsman. He was a master craftsman. And he had two different wood shops. One was in the basement of his house. One was out in the garage. And in the basement wood shop, there was a, a jigsaw and there was a scroll saw down there and a smaller lathe and a bunch of hand tools that when he got them in his hands, he could make art out of the stuff, out of wood. Out in the garage, there was a table saw and a band saw. And there was a little box that was probably about that big. And I wish I still had it. It had a little thin handle on it that was underneath his bench and whenever I went out there with him or my brothers went out with him we would pull that out because it had a little hammer and it had a little saw and it had a little tape measure and it had all these little things that were ours he bought them for us to join him in that work so many incredible memories that I can go back and think about all the things that my grandpa and I did but the one thing I never did with my grandpa if I were to go back I would do it again I never asked Grandpa to go back the other way because where the story begins matters. I never sat with Grandpa and said, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about what it was like to grow up in your era. Tell me about that. Well, my dad did that for me one day. My dad, I I knew the family tree and I could tell you all the Vandermeers and their names because I had to do those as assignments for school. But the story is what really matters because where the story begins matters, right? And so my dad took me back to the story and then I learned after my grandfather was gone. I learned that his, his mother died when he was very young and that he was raised by his six siblings and that his father was pretty absent, not because he was 
a poor father is because he couldn't be around. He had to earn enough to make sure that the family was taken care of and never remarried. And I learned about my dad's childhood and his relationship with him. And then my dad did something so powerful. So powerful. That I think he changed the course of our family. My dad gave me vision for life. He cast a vision. He began to tell me about great-grandpa from what he knew and then his dad, my grandpa, and then about him. And he said, may every generation of Vandermeer men love God more and serve their family more faithfully than the generation before. Oh, yeah, I've shared that with my son. My son knows the story, and there's nothing in my story I won't tell my son because it's so important because where the story good and ill painful and beautiful hard and exhilarating the story where it begins actually matters jesus we we know what matthew did he took you back to david and gave us the family tree and we 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 know we know what mark did he took he took the prophet's words and linked it to to John the Baptist so that we could know, so that we could know that you are the one that he was preparing the way for. And Luke tells us this incredible story that we talk about year after year on Christmas, that there were angels in the sky and shepherds in the field and a baby in a manger because there was no room in the inn. But Jesus, if we had a chance to ask him, will you take us back and tell us because... Where this story begins matters. What would Jesus tell us? And I love this morning that we don't have to guess. Because Luke actually recorded it in the 24th verse. Or the 24th chapter in verse 27. And here's what he said. And beginning with Moses all the way to the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Who? He's on the way to this place called Emmaus. Who's he with? A couple of disciples. He's having a walk. And where are we located in time at this point? We are after the resurrection. The disciples are talking about the events of the resurrection and what took place. The resurrected Jesus is walking with them. And what does Jesus tell them? He takes them back to Moses and to what the prophets. He begins to explain to them who he is in light of Moses and the prophets. And when we think about that today, we might be going, why is he talking about a person? We have to think like, like they would have in the days of Jesus. When you mention Moses and the prophets, you're talking about the first five books of the Bible called the Torah, and you're talking about all the scriptures that follow the wisdom literature and the prophets that they would have considered what we say, the Old Testament, they're scriptures. He took them all the way back to the beginning. Is that not what the Gospel of John did? Is that not what the youngest disciple of Jesus did? If the beginning matters, if the, where the story begins matters, John took us all the way back. And John said it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. 
Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. You want to know who Jesus is. You want to know the beginning because the beginning matters. Where the story begins matters. John says we have to predate. We have to go before there even was such a thing as a date. Before there was such a thing as time. Before anything that is was able to claim is. Anything that was was able to claim was. Anything that will be ever had a crack. It will be. Jesus was. He was in the beginning. He is the Word. He was with God. And He is God. These are the words that Jesus says, if you want to know my story, you got to come back to the beginning. you got to go all the way back to Moses. And the opening words of Moses, the books that are attributed to his writing for Israel are these words right here, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, sound familiar? God created the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, God, and through Him all things were made. Jesus began His story by putting himself before all things. Where we begin the story, it matters. It matters immensely. And to the book of Genesis, we finally hit it here, right? But it's more than that. This, this year together is way more, way more as we go through the next 39 40 weeks together on this, this, in this book, it's more than just going and saying, what does it say? We didn't want to do that with the Gospel of Matthew. It's more than going back and saying, can I learn more information about it? That wasn't the point of the Gospel of Matthew. That wasn't the point of our last year together. And it's certainly not what caused us to have a stirring of God in this church because more information won't do it, but more transformation will do it. And it's not just about chasing Jesus' story. It's actually about realizing that's where our story begins too. All things find their start in Him who is the beginning. In Him who is the ending. In Him who is the Alpha and the Omega. And I think sometimes, and here's my prayer for this year for us, Sometimes, because the beginning matters so much, and because where you begin your story and where I begin my story matters so much, some of us are living with things that we shouldn't be living with. We're burdened by stuff that, oh, I wish you were not burdened by it. We almost feel emotionally or um, in this world sort of, sort of handicapped internally because of it. Because when we think about our story, our story is sometimes we go, we go back to the biggest pain we've ever experienced in life. Like life got reset there and that's where it all starts from now, out of that place of pain. Or we go back and say, where does your story begin? Well, I wish it didn't, but it begins here. 
begins with the words that were repeatedly spoken over me by my dad. And I've never been able to shake them. The words that have been repeatedly spoken over me by my mother. And somehow those words have become my story. They have defined me. My story, where does it begin? Because it matters, I'm telling you. My story goes back to my biggest regret in life. And man, I messed my life up. And those around me because of that. And I've never been able to get past that. I've just been locked in by that. Or even this, that my story is all about my successes. I can go back and I can, I can point to it. I killed it on the team there. And then I went off and I just killed it in the marketplace. And I did an amazing job. And we never get back far enough to realize what Paul wrote to the Colossian church when he said, In him who pre-existed all, and all was made through him. In him, all things hold together. He holds, we used to sing it as kids. He's got the whole world in his hands, right? More than that, he's got before it ever existed. He's got, after this thing called time is done, He's got you and me and all who he holds all of this in his hand. Your story, my story, actually, and this is what it really excites me about this year. Your story and my story actually have a beginning that is before we ever were. Because the scripture says, while you were being formed together in your mother's womb, actually goes back further than that. Before the foundation of this world was ever laid, I already knew you. I knew you. And what did he say about you? I'll give you a snapshot of where we're going. Not you are to be defined by your biggest screw-up. You are to be defined by that which you never deserved to happen to you. But it did And it was so unjust and so unfair. You are to be defined by all those things that you did to try to earn your way to feeling better about yourself. And you really did quite well by that. Never are you to be defined by any of those. It goes all the way back before Genesis chapter 3 where it says, you sinned, you people, you messed up. It goes back here. God created With his own breath, the stars, the sky, he exhaled. Birds took flight. He exhaled and animals began to walk on the earth. And at the end of every single day of creation, he said, it's good. It's good. It's good. You hear that? This is where the beginning began. This is where the story, this is why the beginning of the story matters so much. It is good. And then he breathed into a mound of dirt. And from that dirt that became a man, I took a rib and then breathed into that. And there was a woman and God stood back and said, This is exceedingly good. So good. Where your story begins. Oh, it matters. 
And may out of that place where we have been created in the very image of God, to live like God and to serve like God and to love like God, who was and is and always will be, and we who are here for a brief moment, may this moment be again a moment for God to again Hit a reset button for you and for me again. May there be incredible healing for us as we go back to the beginning, back to the Genesis, back to our story. And may God do in this year, 2023, that which the Scripture talks about, that no eye has yet seen it. Well, I'm imagining it with you. No tongue has yet confessed it. No ear has yet heard what God is prepared to do for us. Uh, I'm going to do something. Jeremy, can you come on up here with me a minute? And uh, Lori, uh, if you could join me too. Do you have a microphone? doesn't matter. We'll grab this one. Um, you good, Gary, turning this one on? I think we got Max. I think it's on. What, what I would love for us to do a minute, these are... Your pastors, and it really is such a high honor for us to serve God and to serve you in this role. And um, I wonder if we could just take a minute and on the front end of this year, spend a bit of time praying for the church and for this move of God. And uh, maybe, Jeremy, you can start, and then Lori, and then I'll, I'll wrap us up. All right, sure. let's pray. Love to you. Well, let's pray. God, as we join together here today on the first day of, of something new, uh, the first day of this new chapter as we walk into uh, the next 39, 40 weeks of studying where your story began, where the story began in this book of Genesis. Uh, God, we pray that as we open the pages of your scriptures, that you would continue to open us that you would open our eyes, that you would open our minds, that you would open our hearts, that we would find that this is not just a story that we're reading, but this is a story that we're living because this is your story and we are your people. And so, God, we pray that as we embark on this journey together as this community, as your church, that you would continue to reveal yourself that you would continue to show yourself to us, that we might continue to take those next steps in our following, in our journey of discipleship, as we continue to give more and more of ourselves to you, to your son, Jesus, who started his words, his, his explanation of who he is, of who you are in these pages. So God, as we, as we give ourselves to this, May you continue to show us more of who you are, and may we continue to be changed by it. Father, we once again give thanks for your word, this ancient, sacred text. It's living, it's lasting, and it's life-changing. And so, God, we pray that as we 
dive into this text as we use the devotional as a church family, as we have conversations in groups and in dyads and triads and in different different settings, God, that you would make yourself known to us in new and exciting ways. God, we're reminded again of your prophet Isaiah who says, Behold, I am making all things new. I'm making new way, streams in the wasteland and in the desert. And, and God, we invite you to do that work, just as Jeremy said, in each of us. And may it not stop here. God, may we, as this church family, be conduits of your love and your grace and your mercy and your truth. And may we be changed and better and more like you. And may those around us uh, be the same. We give you all the glory. Father, I give thanks for my friends and for our pastors, for Lori, for Jeremy for their love for you and their love for your people, Fairhaven, for their love for this community and for everybody they encounter. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would bring fresh anointing to each one of them for the proclamation of the gospel, for preaching the good news, for leading the charge of discipleship, that we might truly live into where we ended this past year, where you gave the charge, go now and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. May we be used by you. And I pray for your church with them now. For this people called Fairhaven, may we this year again, may we find ourselves amazed by your goodness, stirred by the work that you're doing among us. And it's our desire, not that we would be informed, but we would be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. So come now and bless your church. Amen.